on this episode of Quantum Week, November 18th through 24th, 2001. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies, music, headlines, um, and we are continuing through November 2001 with Heist and Hero, which I think is maybe our shortest podcast title ever. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so good so. one word. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're getting into Heist, which was uh, directed and written by David Mamet, um, and is one of my, it might be the my one of the most underrated movies of that decade. Maybe Road to Perdition is the most underrated. Maybe this is like second. I really, really care about this movie. I love it a lot. We're going to depart on this one. So I know oh. you said on Twitter that uh, that you were hoping that perhaps we would have more things that we disagree about. Well, here's one of them. I, I don't hate this film, by the way. I think it's okay. I just think it misses the mark on on uh, on some things. <sighs> oh, I'm getting glared at. Um, yeah. I like, first of all, preface, I like Mammoth. Um, I like his writing style. I love, I like Mammoth speak in general. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is an f- amazing film an amazing script an amazing play. But I think he, I think the war like Mammoth speak does not work in this one. I think they stumble all over everything. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, it just, it, it's, it seems more of a hindrance. Like it's in the way it's so in your face and in your way in this one that I had a hard time connecting with this film. I love how these people talk. I, it's it's one of my favorite things. It was it's, so, it's not it's not a it's, it's not just reality. so cumbersome this time. Oh, I enjoy it immensely. I think it's it's so fun. It, they all like it's so so clever, and I love how the even the sentences are like structured. Yeah. Uh, and I it I really really the quotes of this movie are fantastic. Uh, the most famous quote of this movie though, however, is one that doesn't make any sense. And I think about it, I think about it at least every couple of weeks, trying, and now it's a game for me where I try to make sense of it. The, the quote is, it's Danny Vito who's using the commercial in, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he's like, everyone loves money. That's why they call it money. Right. Doesn't make any Doesn't sense. Doesn't make any sense. None. So now I'm at a point now where this movie came out 20 years ago, where I'm trying to find ways to have it make sense. I'm like, well, if you take out the first soap, I think about it, I think about it all the time. Like I'm trying, it's like a mental exercise where I try <laughs> to find any way to make this have any sense. And I've yet to be able to do it. It no, makes no sense. To me, it was just, he, he's showing kind of the buffoonery of, and the, the, um, uh, the buffoonery of the Danny DeVito character by that statement. It's like, you're an idiot for saying that. It makes that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the other quotes we though do make sense, and I think they're just they're great. This I like. We talked uh, about Austin Powers recently on the show. Yeah, and that movie gets quoted to death. And it's like oh, it's kind of annoying. Where this movie never gets quoted by anyone because it's it kind of came and went. And uh, but yet it has so many of, my, of like quotes I just genuinely enjoy. Well, we'll get into it because I I just felt it was really cumbersome. It 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 hindered the performance to me. It hindered the plot to me. Um and it's already like the plot is complicated enough that you have to pay attention anyway because there are there's double crossing Yeah, and, and there are, that's another issue too. There are plot things that didn't make sense, didn't resolve in a way that I understood and it could just be I didn't get it. Uh I, like I I couldn't I don't know. I didn't focus enough on it or I couldn't get it. I'm not sure, but there, there seems to be holes in the plot and the dialogue just like made them stumble all around it. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I can't imagine anyone not loving this. Di- I mean, I guess it's okay. I, I shouldn't, I can't imagine any man. Yeah. So this movie is a movie that's made. Oh, almost exclusively it is for very, guys. Even is, the way that Fran talks, it's very male. Oh yes. Yeah. This is such a guy's movie. Yeah. Uh, but 
typical mammoth. Mammoth very much writes for totally for, for men, and and um and this movie is. I, I can't. I can't really imagine many women liking this movie, but I almost. I also can't imagine any guy not liking. It. I think this is like the, such a great guys movie, and so so you mentioned potholes. I guess let's get into well, that. Can so we, which, should I just give a little bit of yeah. synopsis of the thing yes. first, and then we'll, we'll get into? It. So Hackman um is a he's a thief, jewel thief. He Gene runs Hackman, a, Gene Hackman, the legendary act, right? Um, runs a team of jewel thieves who who he gets burned um when they're in the middle of a heist they're trying to steal a bunch of ju- well, jewelry burn means he gets he gets noticed he gets oh yeah he gets they, his he, face is on camera right, yeah right, right. his face is on gas um and it's funny because later on they, they kind of make a point of saying unexpected things always happen in in these heists and, and they tend to things go wrong all the time but he decides that he wants to retire uh but this mickey character kind of sets up these these jobs for him won't let him because he's already put out money to do this next job this this like the swiss chair swiss job or whatever uh, which they eventually agree to do, and then everybody tries to fuck each other. <laughs> basically, well, not fuck each other. They try to they fuck each other over. Right. Yeah. Yes. That might have been your worst description yet. Um, you think so? Because and yeah, every, everybody you're using, you're using lingo in the movie that no one would understand. No, everybody understands. Everyone tries to burned. fuck each other. Which fuck each other no. over. Yes. Thank Sorry. You. Well, well and people do fuck each other. Word. People do try to have to fuck each other. Yes, I guess so, but not not all of them. So do. there's two things uh, happening. But you know, it's it's a great cast. It's Gene Hackman, Delroy Lindo. That is a huge yes. Danny DeVito and Delroy Lindo, by the way, such an underrated actor. He's great. He might, he might get a nomination for the uh, in the Five Bloods, the Spike Lee Netflix oh, right, movie that came right. out. So he, that he might get something uh, there. But he's he's always good. He's Ricky J. Ricky J. They're awesome. Great. This is a great cast. Great cast. Yeah, that's like definitely one of the big pluses of this film is they are they're awesome. Yes. Yeah. Sam uh, Rockwell. Sam Rockwell again. Um, yeah. And, and he, he's quite, he's quite good in this too. Uh, yeah. The cast is great. This, I think the script is fantastic. I just think like, it's so clumsy. It just gets in the way. I, so I like it that he kind of gets obsessed with detail where characters are like out detailing each other, like sort of, um, I like it, but it didn't, it just felt clump, clumsy in this one. I, it's, <sighs> it's difficult, I guess, to have an argument because it's like, it's such a personal taste. Thing. I guess so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really, so I'm a big dialogue guy. I'm a big screen, screen play guy. That's like, I, I think I've said it a couple episodes ago, but like we don't probably talk about screenplay enough on this show. Um, cause it really, I'm a huge, that's a, that you can make a really good argument. that's more important than a director is, is, is the script. I think you're right. Um, well, yeah, it's a reason why, you know, maybe your favorite film or one of your favorite films is Pulp Fiction. You, yes. you have issues with the directing in that film. Right. Slight. But Sorry, it's yes. because the, the script, script is, is just... so is the greatest script ever. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this script, I think the dialogue in this is some of my favorite dialogue ever. Okay. Um, you want to talk about the plot holes? Sure. Is that would that be a helpful yeah. place to start? Okay. Yeah, so I didn't understand. So so there's this whole situation where they try to they're going to start to do this Swiss job. The Swiss job is they're going to rob a Swiss Air uh, right. plane. A right. Plane, yes. And how they start to do the job um, by like they, you know they're going to plant a bomb to go off, but 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 a cop comes by and it's just this random event and it kind of all gets fucked. But then what happens is um, they go back like afterwards they they decide they can't follow through with it. They go back to the hideout and it looked like they're doing this whole performance to right. try to get Jimmy out of there. The so same kind of character, it's right? To to sort of wrap it up and even um, so they do like everybody gets frustrated. Jimmy leaves, whatever. And, but at the end, oh, oh, the, the, the device that makes this all kind of unravel is, um, Pinky, who's played by, uh, Ricky J. Ricky J says the car was found with like my prints in it. Right. 
but so that's that's what happens. So then then Sam, everybody leaves except for Pinky and um and Joe are left. Hack, Gene Hackman's character are left, and it's sort of like they end scene, like they're done acting, right? Right. But then come to find out later on. So I thought that they were that was all a lie that the car got bur- that the car got found. But then come to find out later on the car wasn't found. So I don't understand why they went through this whole like ruse to try to get Jimmy out of there. If in fact what happened was what they said happened. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like that didn't, that whole scene didn't make sense to me. Afterwards, they're, they're, it's almost like end scene and they're like, oh, and there they go. Just like what we expected. Uh, like we, like this whole thing was this ruse to just get Jimmy out of here. But then later on, we find out that the car was, was found. It didn't make sense. Uh, I, I, I think maybe the car was, was maybe found on purpose. Like, I think that was all, I think it was all a ruse. But then late, you think so? Yeah. But then why, okay, so why are they ejecting Jimmy when they're going to decide to do the heist a month later anyway? Uh, I think they were trying to get rid of Jimmy, but then Jimmy got back in, uh, on it. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't have, I didn't have an issue with that, I guess. I, I, I think it just seemed like all for naught. Like there was no reason for it. Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was, they were trying to get rid of, they were trying to get rid of Jimmy, but then Jimmy came back. That's what happened. It was Jimmy, Jimmy comes back. So he, he got the car found on purpose. Yes. Pinky did. Yes. But then that same, but, but, but then remember then later on that night, they're trying to sell the boat and then, yeah. but they, but, but then, Sam Rockwell comes back. Jimmy right. comes back. And that's, and that's what fucked everything up. That's another weird fucking scene to me. Why did, um, why did Joe Gene Hackman's character go for the gun for the guy who, the guy who was in there, uh, trying to buy the boat? Like, were they not, they were going to fuck this guy over somehow. Right. They wanted to get his money and then the guy would take off and say, and oh, and right. then, and then, then they were going to just take off on the boat. Leave on the boat. Right. right, exactly. But then, so why did, did, is it because Gene Hackman, this character, Joe thought that this guy was bringing muscle yeah. to go and rob, but then that, but that wasn't, that didn't end up turning, turning out to be true. So then that character seems like there was no reason for him. Like, it just didn't see, because Sam Rockwell's character could have come back without this guy trying to bowl the, uh, buy the boat, buy the boat. And uh, Joe could have reacted the same way. Who's that guy fucking sneaking around back there? Like you didn't need this guy trying to buy the, the boat as a plot device. Well, I mean, there are a lot of like red herrings in this movie just for the audience. Like you're supposed to be kind of not confused, but you're supposed, you're getting scammed as well. It's kind of the fun of the movie is you're also getting like, you're also being uh, I like, tricked. S- yeah, I suppose. But then it just, it, it seems to have no point though. So, okay. So right, fine. He's putting these red herrings just to kind of get me confused. Well, that seems stupid. No, it's fine. It's like you, that way you're kind of in, you're in, you're in it with them. Yeah, but you've critiqued It's almost like other, you're in the gang too. And I you're suppose. more on the Jimmy side because you never really, they always have one. The Gene Hackman character always is like one up on you. And, and that's kind of the fun of the movie. The audience heist movies work that way. That's, this, is, this isn't a, a thing kind of length just yeah, for this movie. No, but you've, you've, I can't, I'm trying to think of which movie it was, but you've definitely criticized other movies for just throwing things in only for the audiences, you know. I have to name the movie because I mean, something like a heist movie. Yeah. movie is. I mean, this that's kind of it's part of the part of kind of part, part of the fun of it is that the mastermind <sighs> always is able to kind of to get to get that last word or to get that last to get that last that word. last jump on you. Okay, fine. Let's move on to that. But then, why do they make the poles out of gold? Makes no sense. Why do they make gold poles? They take you know twenty minutes smelting gold into these poles. Well, they melt everything down right. Because they they're melting they melt it down and yep. then they uh, because they've told Ricky Jay's character I guess because I think he's the one that tells them he is the one yeah that it's on the boat and they think the gold things in the boat are the gold but it's not it's actually the railings they right. think that the railings are, because, the railings in the boat are the gold but, but he it's didn't not. Ha- but he didn't have to do that Gene Hackman could have just did exactly what he did which was 
which was um, paint those railings gold. And you don't have to spend 20 minutes smelting the fucking gold into poles. Well, I think you do because the the gold bars had like identification. You can't just like bring those gold yeah, but bars then, but, in. And- yeah, but those aren't transportable like that. Yeah, he put, he put these gold poles into the back of a trip pickup truck. But if so at the end of the film, um, Jimmy comes back with Fran. Right. Fran has apparently left uh, Joe Gene Hackman's character for for Jimmy. Yes. Um, basically like to, you know, with the, hey, I'll go with you and we're going to take the gold but you have to let Joe live. Right. I think is the, the kind of the deal that they say, but so Jimmy thinks that they, they've, that the gold is in these poles, right. Mm-hmm. That they take in this other truck, but they're actually in other poles in, right. in, in another truck. And it's like, you could have just, you didn't have to make them into poles. Or you could have just kept them in. You could have melted them down and made them into bricks or something. You didn't have to make them into poles. There's no reason for that because Ricky Jay's character didn't see them as poles. You could have just told Ricky Jay's character they're well, going they to be melt poles. Down for the something. I, yeah, I mean, but I not re- into poles. You're That's really, stupid, you're really though. getting lost in the weeds here. Like you're you, missing the whole like value and the whole enjoyment of this movie. No, I'm not. You really are. No, because it's I, it's because all of these small decisions that are worthless. But that's not just, worthless. They melt, it is. They melt it down into a shape. It has to be melted down into something. But why poles? Why not? Because it's harder to transport. What you they're sticking out the back of the what fucking... What do you want them to melt them into? Into bricks, something that's stackable. All right, they could they could have melted into bricks, but that's, that, that's neither here. It's not... That's, that's not nah, because they're just trying to throw us off thinking so that we think that they're in these pole shapes so they're on the boat, too. But they just could have had them on bricks. Uh, on, on a... Uh, right, they, right. They, they, there is some of that, right? Yeah, but then... But that's bullshit. Like, why are you trying to trick me? It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. As the character would not have done that, I don't believe the character would have done that. So then, it's only a plot device to well, fuck with what's me, he which do is with stupid. These poles? He's gonna sell them, right? What you can't sell? You can't or sell you, what, what? six foot long fucking gold poles. You can sell them as bricks. You can sell them as coins. You're not gonna sell them as poles. How do you even ship that shit? How are you gonna you're gonna drive to Mexico with that sticking out that you're fucking. The back of your uh, and he didn't even paint them all either. You just move the tarp and you see these fucking gold bar- these no, gold balls. He painted, balls. Them he painted one, and when he lifted up the tarp, the others that's were true. not. That's true. Yeah. So then that's the other thing too. It's a, why you, did he paint all of them? That's fair. That's a fair question. None of this made any sense. I don't think, but that's not what this movie is about. You though. are you're giving them a lot more forgiveness than I think you should be because it's about the journey here. It's about the journey okay. and it's about the dialogue. Okay, me, that's okay. what this movie is. Let me just say it this way though, if. The if the um if the main characters were doing this for reasons that furthered the plot that made sense for the plot, I would be fine if it also was a device to throw me off. But it seems like these are just devices to throw me off that the characters actually would not have logically done these things. That's my issue. And that might be true, but that also is kind of part of the journey. That's part of what this is. I guess I can't. You're, you're, you are almost like a character in the film with this movie, like because you, you, you are also getting kind of like hoodwinked as well. I know, but he could. He it just he no logical person would have done it like that. It would not have. It wouldn't have done it like. Maybe that. they only had a pole shaped molding thing. That I mean, is. I, that is. I, just I, I, I really. Poor. You could not be more lost in the weeds here. Like, I'm not. Like no. It, it, no. You. You know. Decisions have to make sense. Some do. Some. Some. It doesn't. I. I, I don't. I don't really think about the shape of a gold. That's not important to me. Okay. That's it's, fine. It's just not. I'm just trying to think of this guy getting away. How now, is he going to fucking do it? One plot hole you can criticize. It's 18 wheeler, isn't it? Uh yeah right the summit, the Fran and uh what's the uh, what's Sam Rockwell's character Jimmy Jimmy that Jimmy really like should, that relationship really kind of doesn't make sense Jimmy like smooth or something what's his fucking name Jimmy Pitts Jimmy Pitts uh <laughs> it doesn't really make sense so uh right so she kind of leaves him 
she runs away from him at one point near the end of the movie, jumps into a four wheeler, 18 wheeler. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. A, Mack truck, uh, yeah, big truck. A, a giant tractor trailer and then gets away from him. But then we later find out that she's actually just wants to be with him anyway. And then she ends up kind of screwing over, tries to, you know, Joe, basically yeah. screws over the Gene Hackman character uh, at the very end of the movie. But like, why would she ever run away from this guy? It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. That part and, made and he, and he no takes, sense. He takes down the license plate number of the track, the trailer or why? Why? Because she's going to be in that track trailer for like two hours. That's and then it. She's going to jump gone. out. Like she's not going to stay with that track, the trailer guy forever. It doesn't make any sense. I hated that scene too, because he's like, look, he's like really trying to make it act like he's writing down the numbers where he like looks up and writes down, looks up and it's like four digits, dude. Well, you he's not very to... bright either. That could have <laughs> no, been, a, that could have been a man, but just fucking around. Uh, but, um, no, I didn't get that. That, that really, the relationship, the first two goods movie, the Fran and Joe, the uh, Gene Hackman and Rebecca Pigeon uh, relationship is, is actually quite good. Yeah, it is good. And then the last, that third act, it does completely fall apart. It's doesn't really work. Weird. And that once again goes back to, uh, you know, if we're going to start criticizing David Mamet, David Mamet just, just cannot, cannot write women. Yeah. He cannot do it. He's, it's just a real blind spot for him. Um, you know, look at his best movies like Wag the Dog. It's almost all men characters right. or, or women that could, you know, could easily just be men. Like there isn't a lot of like, he just can't do a romance. Glenn Gary Gunn Ross is exactly. the ultimate guy movie. Totally. Guy you movie. know, go through his list. Untouchables. Oh yeah, exactly. Ultimate guy movie. You know, he didn't, he, he didn't direct that, but he did write it. You know, these are all like, it's guys. Yeah. You know, he just cannot write female characters. So the way that I took it because of their interaction at the end is that Fran will end up double crossing Jimmy and go back to Joe. That's the way that I so, took and it. That's kind of the fun of the movie. It does kind of give a result. Gene Hackman does grin as he drives away. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a face of someone who's got his heart broken. No. And she makes it a point to like, kind of give him a look too, like right before, right before they part, like it's on. And they sort of have a lot of unspoken communication. They do. Actually, that's one of the great things you can tell that these, you can tell these characters work together. Yes. Like they have bonds and they care because they've like shorthand and yeah. they like, yeah, like this sort the of Ricky J, Delroy Lindo, Rebecca Pigeon and Gene Hackman. That foursome. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. No matter what, they are always on the same side. Yep. And it's fun to watch them. See, I like, see, you mentioned the kind of performance, but I kind of like seeing them fake fight to kind of throw someone off the scent. I liked it too, but then it's it didn't just make fun. Sense. You're seeing like really high quality actors, like kind of fucking around a little bit and like, you know, joshing a little bit and it was just fun like i did i i enjoy i enjoyed them double crossing someone because i just enjoy seeing these actors work and i yeah. love the dialogue they're yeah, saying yeah. um damn i really wish i loved this dialogue more i i glenn gary glenn ross i i is like i adore i love that fucking dialogue but this one it just didn't it just felt clumsy i mean like every two minutes a character would say something and i would just like i chuckle or i'd have like yeah. a wry grin i'd be like that's really fucking clever i really like how that's structured yeah um this yeah i, I don't I, i'm not a big i don't want to just bore people with movie quotes but like there's literally like this one every minute it, it, they're great they're yeah. really they're really fun it's definitely it's its own thing you you haven't heard or read dialogue like this before it I mean, really he's, is he's very you know mammoth's very unique and I, I i i appreciate that about him and they jump right into it so the very first yeah. scene just to kind of explain what i'm talking about a little bit so the very first scene is supposed to be in new york it's not shot there, but you no, know, same thing with the Boston scenes. It's yeah, like, it's this is not Logan. Not, this not, is not Boston. That was another issue I had. It's like, this yeah, is not looking like cities, uh, but regardless. So yeah. they, uh, they're, they're kind of pulling this heist, but before they do, they grab a hot dog at a, at a cart and, uh, yeah. Gene Hackman and Delroy Lindo are kind of pretending not to know each other, but then they're also like, they just realize they can't help. They can't like, help. Right. They yeah. almost can't help themselves by, because they just, they care about each other a lot. They're just good friends. And, uh, says, uh, about money making the the world I uh, love making the world go round and they kind of have like a little debate like is it money is it love and, yeah. and Gene Hackman goes well you know it is love 
love for money right. makes the world go round. And it's like kind of that clever wordplay. And it's not like puns. It's not puns. It's not. It's just clever sentence structure and clever back and forth. It's really rapid fire dialogue. Yeah. And it happen and they don't break for anything. So like, it's not like you hear a funny line and then usually when it happens in comedies or movies, there's a little bit of a beat, right? Yeah. So the audience can laugh. This doesn't have that. It just goes right into the next thing and you're just like, you just, you know. Have to follow it. Yeah. 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 What don't, else? Don't you want to hear my last words? Yeah. I already did. I already did. That but, is a good, that's a like, good you know, line. And it just, it just, but that's it's just like, line. it's just, that's the whole movie. And if you enjoy kind of just really clever dialogue, if that's a big thing for you, then you will like this movie a lot. If you don't, if it's not, if it's more like plot structure, other things like that, uh, if, it, if like romance is important to you or for like, you know, even um, I do enjoy character development. There's none here. Everyone, no, everyone stays the same. Yeah. And that's kind of a mammoth thing too, is that mammoth. I believe mammoth is incredibly cynical and mammoth yeah. really just believes like no one changes and everyone's, everyone's out for, for something. Everyone has like selfish motivations and, you know, untouchables. You have Elliot Ness. who's probably, you know, that, that group is probably the only pure heroes he's ever written. Sure. I think, I mean, rest of his people are typically very self-motivated. Yeah. Uh, people are greedy. Like the people in heist are greedy. These aren't, these people are still ripping people off and stuff like that. Oh, totally. And they're manipulative and they have an angle and all that. But everyone's yeah, really course. smart in these they movies are. too. Yep, I mean, they and, are. And when they're dumb, they get, ex- they get called out for being dumb. Like the Danny Vito, especially the Sam Rockwell character. They, they mock him quite a bit. This they movie do. For being kind of a slack They even give him that stupid mustache too. Yes. They mock him. <laughs> they mo- yeah, right. They, they yeah. make him look like a real fool. So you don't, so you don't like this movie. I don't think it's terrible. It's not like in a bottom five or anything. It's I just felt like it was clumsy. I think what what I really liked is um, I like the I like the acting. It's uh, great. Yeah, I mean, great. Yeah, and I liked. I mean, the charismatic of of those four main characters. You know, interacting with Do each you other. Have, like, smi- like I have a well, no. Movie, there's smi- it's not I like I hated it. It's movie. not like I hated it the whole time. I, I I thought it was okay. I just thought it was clumsy. And there's and there are these little details of like people don't decide things like this. It doesn't make sense. This is not a this is not a real world. Um. Also, like the uh, like Ricky J. Carroll. Like why you know why did he go back to his fuck? You know you're gonna get. You know, if you're caught, you're going to get killed. And so you put your niece in harm's way by going to see her one last time before yeah, you go away. I'm like, come that, on. I know he died because of it. But, the, you know, that's also a mammoth thing is like, like mammoth is so cynical. If you have any love in your heart, <laughs> yeah. it will be exploited as a mistake. Yeah. It's basically what mammoth's telling you. <laughs> I guess, yeah. This, this is a very, it is a, like, a, this movie is incredibly dark for something that has such light tones. It like, does have a lot it of light. Like kind of right. Like, it's kind of that dark. fun, peppery conversation. Yeah. But underneath all that is like incredible cynicism and darkness. Yeah, I guess so. Pitch yeah. black darkness. If you really think about it, because they were going to kill that little girl. They were, I think, I or, think you're right. No, just something they horrible. Her. Yeah. Like, you know, there are just, there is just, and think about that little girl. The last thing she sees of uncle is right before he gets killed. Like there is just like, it's pitch black. This movie, um, that mammoth has no problem talking about. I guess this movie at eight minus. I, I really enjoy this movie. I, I, maybe I like it more than I should, but I do like this movie quite a bit. I read Ebert's review. And one thing I definitely agree with him is the realism of the, the shootout scene at the end, like yes. not glamorous, like really no. clunky. And you can tell that they're, you know, they look inexperienced and yes. weird, which people is how people would, are scared. People are scared. Yeah. Yeah. And Dane DeVito's like trying to calm everybody yep. down, even what you wouldn't expect from if he's like, some sort of mob boss. You would not expect that. You'd be like, kill these motherfuckers or something. No, he wanted to stop the violence. Yes. Even though he did allow, you know, what would have potentially been the violence on Pinky's niece and obviously... Well, he was always self-motivated. He just didn't want to get shot in the crossfire. Yeah, you're you're right. Everyone just just slow down. Yeah. So, you know, I think David just wanted a second so he could outthink a way to 
Yeah. He still wanted to kill those, you know, Gene Hackman and that crew. Yeah. But he just didn't want to get, he didn't want to get hurt. I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what do you give this movie then? I don't know. Not a boring minus, but a B minus. Something like that. It's definitely not my favorite by, I don't, I just don't, it didn't connect. I wish I didn't connect. I, I hope mean, we get I mean, to see I mean, the movie Ross. did not make a ton of money. No, it, this was his most successful film too. That's the other thing is he doesn't, his films so, so do not movie, make directed. money. He directed. He directed, has written right. some movies that are hits, but yeah. he has not directed a hit movie. No, no, people do not like his directing. It's not that. No, that's not fair. You don't think that's uh, what it they're is? They're not marketable. Like he doesn't make, he's not a Hollywood system guy. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. I mean, it. you can't market. How do you, I mean, even this movie was probably the easiest even one to market. Huge acting talent. I mean, you had Gene Hackman, yeah. Dane, De- I mean, Right. Huge and cast. they tried to make it like fun. If you watch the trailers, they try to make it like more fun. Yeah. But like there's a darkness here, but like, you know, his other movies are not like, you know, I went and saw red belt in theaters, you know, uh, that was I, the I last movie he directed. How was it? It was okay. It's not, it's not, it's, it's okay. It's not great. Damn. But like, I remember I went, I think I was like the only person in the theaters. So, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah. oh, all right, like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for mammoths. So I'll go, but no one else is going, you know, I mean, he, he's just, I think unless you're, a, if you're a movie nerd, you really love and appreciate a lot of the mammoth stuff that he does or a lot of the risks he takes. And, and, yeah. and the, the, he has the balls to go cynical, to go dark. He does, you know, to, to do some, some kind of, you know, but you can't, you know, what, what you can't bring, you know, you're not going to bring your date to a mammoth. Movie no, you're like, not. You're not, no, like, yeah, you're not getting laid He writes for such a small, narrow band of people. Yeah. But the people that like him love him and they will follow him to the end of the earth. But then the rest of the country, the other 95% are like, ah, I'm good. I don't, I don't, this isn't what I want entertainment. But if you like, if, if dialogue and like kind of like double crossing and stuff like that is fun, you want to, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, check it out. It, it's, um, I really like it a lot. I, as you can probably tell, but I was really excited to watch it too. I just, like I said, I just felt like it was, it was a bit, it was clumsy. It was, it was tough for me. Let's talk Gene Hackman. I'd love to. I'm a I'm a Gene Hackman guy. So uh, I have my top five Gene Hackman movies. Do you have yours as well? I do have them. Okay. Yes. I put it together as you saw. Yeah. But that, no, it's pretty easy. I, like I, I, I know what my favorite Gene Hackmans are. It, you, okay. Whatever. All right. Well, I'll, just let I'll the audience start, into me, me being, I was, I was late on this one. I'm okay. going to New York today. I'm trying to do all sorts of shit before I do that. People are thrilled. We'll say this. Uh, so I, uh, <laughs> you want to go five to one? Yes, so I'll start with some honorable mentions here. Um, I have two that are not going to be my top five. That okay. Are, um, we're really hard to leave off. Uh, Unforgiven, which we talked about in the show, which is a movie I like a lot. Uh, I don't love. Um, we talked about the show. But the other one is Bonnie and Clyde, which we'll never get to, which is a shame. And I said this before. I can't. I could. I've seen. I saw the film 20 yeah, this, years ago. I can't a, remember him in the film. That's not a great take. Uh, it's 20 years ago. I, I know, but that's not a great take. Uh, so Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde, for anyone that is younger or is Matt, is a, uh, <laughs> is a maybe uh, you could say it might be the most influential film in the history. Kind of. You have that kind of talk. Yeah. So it, uh, it was done in 1960. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened, but yeah. I know great. the story of Bonnie and Clyde. That's good. I'm glad, glad you read a history book. So it, it, I think it was in 1967, but it was along with the movies like Wild Bunch uh, that kind of uh, created this uh, idea that you could have incredibly violent <laughs> scenes oh, and yeah. incredibly dark uh, characters in film where, you know, bad guys, uh, as a hero, anti-hero hero. Yes, the yeah. anti-hero uh, element. And this movie, if it's shot, if you watch it now, it actually kind of does. I watch it, I try to watch it every couple of years because I do enjoy it a lot. It's Warren Beatty and uh, Faye Dunaway as Bonnie and Clyde as Gene Hackman, one of his first performances nominated for mm. an actor, yep. uh, a supporting actor not here. Uh, I did win. Uh, Stella Parsons won an Oscar for it, supporting actress. I think it won another Oscar, but it was, uh, it was almost like misunderstood by people back then. Cause it was so revolutionary. Sure. People were like a lot of critics just hated it. Cause like, this is violent. This is bad. 
you're you're glorifying bad people like they couldn't get their heads wrapped around what they were trying to do here um it is a it's a i think it's a remarkable movie i think it's so much it's it's a fun but it's also incredibly dark yep for a movie that was made we're talking about six almost 55 years ago now like that's jesus that's incredible that it's it still holds up like this um and hackman is quite good in it it's the first time you really american audiences really saw him uh, film audiences really saw him, so it's kind of fun. He doesn't look that he doesn't look that much younger than the no. Jack when we know. He's always looked like kind of an kind older, of same guy, yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, but that movie is fantastic. It's my recommendation if you're younger, you haven't seen it, go check out Bonnie and Clyde. It is on the uh, AFI Top 100 list. Um, great. So go check it out. It's 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 a great movie. Okay, so uh, five. number five, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Superman. Okay, that's my number two. Okay, he's great as Lex Luthor. He's great. great. The movie is the best superhero epic movie. When I say epic, I think the Nolan Batman movies are better. Okay. Yeah. But they're not, it's a different kind of episode. This is kind of tells like a true like hero journey story and no, no superhero movie is done better than Superman one 1978 version. If it, if you're younger, you're like, well, and I saw the Superman versus Batman or I've seen the, you know, I, I've seen kind of the newer ones. It's different. It's different. It yeah, is. It, it's it, it holds up. I, I had Laura watch it uh, about a year ago. Um, she had never seen it. I know it was made in 78 and some of the effects maybe aren't, but a lot of them work better than you think. Cause they used a lot of miniatures. They didn't right. have CGI yet. So it actually, it really holds up and it is just such a good movie. Uh, and he is so he's great. funny in it. Yep. He's great. It's, it's one of your movies. So that, that's my number two. That's your number five. Yep. Uh, my number five. Heist. Talked about. Okay. Yeah. He, this doesn't crack, crack my uh, top yep. five. So number four is conversation. That's my number four. Yeah. He's great. Uh, Again, if that is a, that's a phenomenal. He's movie. better than great. Uh, so we, you have one of the greatest performances ever by an actor. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're never going to touch. Um, no, we'll never talk really, about uh, conversation. 60s, when mid sixties. When is that? The conversation? No. When's the conversation? Seventies. Seventies. It, was it is between Godfather one, Godfather two. I think it came uh, out in seventy four. So, I mean, it was the same year. Uh, as Godfather two. So they actually went against each other for best picture. Even though the same director. Uh, okay. Coppola. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was the movie that Coppola did between one and two. I see. Uh, so it came out in 74, uh, but it is a, um, it's, it's a fantastic film, but his performance along with Paul Newman in the verdict, you know, Hackman yeah. in this, it's a really short list. I, I, it's it hard to make that movie work without him doing a phenomenal job. This is like the greatest performances ever. Yeah. I also, this is controversial. Take some people disagree. Jimmy Stewart and it's a wonderful life. Yep. These to me are the greatest performances by an actor ever. And Gene Hackman conversation is right there, if not number one. Conversation's so subtle. Like if you oh. didn't, if like just with a uh, with a different act, it just it, you'd have a you'd need an amazing performance, and you got it from him. Oh, if he this could have gone, this could have been so. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have worked in so many ways. But also, some really good supporting actor uh, in uh, Harrison Ford yeah. and Robert Duvall are both really small roles, Duvall. but yeah. really good. Um, you cannot go wrong with the conversation. It is, it's, uh, it's a fun look in history too. Cause it is the movie that Coppola made between one and two. Yep. And it's a small little film. So check that out for sure. So we're, we're okay. Those are both four for us. Yep, three is Hoosiers. That's my three. Really? Wow. I right. fucking love that film. That's one of my favorite sports films. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's so good. We haven't covered it yet. Um, hope, hopefully we will. Um, but it is a Dennis, great supporting actor performance by Dennis Hopper. And that yes. Movie. Uh, but Hackman plays it really low key, like incredibly low key Hackman, which shows you how great he is. Cause look at him in Superman where he is so broad. He's yeah. so out there. And then look at something like Hoosiers where he's so quiet and it's like, wow, this guy can do so many different things. He's such an intelligent actor. Yeah. He's so smart. Um, but he's not showy about it. Gene Hackman. 
you could make a real argument. Gene Hackman's our greatest American actor. Like you definitely, could, you could really have that discussion. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, absolutely. he is so good. And there's so many different things that he can do. He can do comedy. He can do drama. He can do a sports film. He can do so many things. Um, this is such a good movie. He like his career doesn't quite to me, uh, match up to Clint Eastwood, but that's only because Clint Eastwood did so many different things for such like as a director as whatever, but any, it's like, I don't think people are saying Clint Eastwood's the greatest director ever. Or, or, no, I'm no, sorry. Greatest. Actor I'm just saying, ever. well, greatest career career is different to me than actor. Agreed. But I would say, um, Hackman's career almost measures up to Clint Eastwood's career, even though Clint Eastwood has that other piece of being a director. That's Oof. the way I look at it. Uh, I guess I don't see it that way just because yeah. the directing element is so, and plus Eastwood's career is so long. So long. they started around the same time, but he's still going. Well, Eastwood he's retired alive, like 10 I mean, years ago. Yeah. Well, so is Hackman. Hackman's still Hackman alive? Retired, yes. I, Jesus Christ. I thought he was dead. <laughs> Sorry, Gene. In case you didn't know, Matt's on his way to New York today. Apparently, it's just really. <laughs> oh God! I thought we like, lost Gene Hackman. <laughs> this news is so good. I feel like I'm doing today's show with a teenager. Uh, a lot of heavy lifting, Chris. Today, um, yes, Gene Hackman is still alive. <laughs> this is not your best. This is not your best episode, Matt. What do you mean? <laughs> oh my God! You All just right, wait. Gonna, you just wait. I'm gonna it gets better. Try to uh, get past this. <laughs> Uh, number two I, I no I had a point I'm <laughs> rattled uh, oh I know what it was yeah, okay yeah. my point which is <laughs> this makes sense um, De, De Niro uh, is probably a lot of people's opinion on the greatest American actor I don't think so which is fine and I think De Niro is fantastic he's De Niro, great De Niro is going to be in our next movie we're covering yeah um, but I don't I, I De Niro can sometimes play the same role a lot absolutely uh, but having said though, I would not want to have to make that choice. Really? That, that would be I would really choose, hard for I, me. Hackman's an easy choice for me. It's, I like, Oh, I, I think De Niro is brilliant. De Niro's great. He's so like Hackman's King of better. comedy. He's so, okay. I okay. haven't seen that yet. Actually. I need to see King of comedy. Very good movie. Check yeah, that out. I need to see it. Uh, number two, we already said, well, for my, you, minus Superman, who's what's yours? Unforgiven. Oh, wow. You, but you didn't like it in the show that much. No, I did. I did. Absolutely. I did. I think I gave it a B plus or an yeah. A minus. Um, so these are all A's for me. Every single one in my top five, no, A minus or better, but he is so good. He is so fucking good in that film. He's very good. He's so good. I like, I, I mean, Another that's a great role. That's one guy. of the best like yeah. bad guy characters ever. Like he is phenomenal in that film. So it's hard for me to not put that in the fucking top. And our number one, I guess five. the same once again, uh, like I say at the same time, ten one, bombs. two, three. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, ten ten bombs. Bombs. yeah. Uh, he is amazing. He is. He's great. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's my favorite film of the first decade of the, of the 20th century. Definitely. The 21st century. Excuse me. Um, it's it's it does everything right. It yeah. hits all the right notes. We've talked about this a number of times in the show. It's uh, but it's uh, Royal Tenenbaums, and he's and once again, imagine the guy who does Royal Tenenbaums, the the yeah the, uh, the main character in Royal Tenenbaums, and then uh, uh, the the same guy does Superman. I know, and then that same guy also does Hoosiers. Yeah, which is three like wildly different parts. Absolutely, yeah, and um. It's it's really impressive. It's it, he's so good. I mean, he's just a great. It was it was almost too easy putting that list together. The only hard thing was leaving stuff off. Right. Like I left off Bonnie and Clyde, which is a you know a minus movie to me. Um, but you could you know, and from a historical perspective, an A plus movie for me. And um, I didn't, it's not even, didn't even crack my top five. Yeah. That's just how good he is. You know. Also got you know got nominated for an Oscar for Mississippi Burning. We even talk about That's right. that. You know, he, he's done so many things. Um, Even in like Enemy of the State, which is just kind of a low Crimson key. Tide, another kind of a goofy yeah, but action still, movie. He's, he's still, still so great. good. Yeah, he's 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 fantastic. Yeah. Um, Gene Hackman, um, still alive, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> that, that totally made my day. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> 
Shall we move on to hero? <laughs> sure. All right, so we're talking about uh, Enrique Iglesias, 2001's Hero. Now, Enrique Iglesias was, you probably know this already, but just a huge star in like Mexico, Latin, Latin America before he broke through in, in the United States. I, had, I didn't know about him until he broke through, though. You know yeah, what I mean? no, I didn't so, like, either, I, no. I knew his dad. I knew of his dad. I knew his dad existed, oh, yeah. but I didn't know. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. heard of him until. Well, he was huge there, and, uh, and, and so much so that when he did, the, when he did cross over to U, the U.S., he got a $68 million contract from Universal Interscope. $68, $68 million? million dollar. No, $68 million? It's crazy, actually, if you think about it. Like, so his career... Jesus in Christ. Latin America and is huge. He's got, he has the most number one hits on the hot Latin tracks chart. 27 number ones. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has 14 number one billboard dance charts, dance chart number one. Sorry. He's like all over, you know, a lot of the, the billboard charts that I wouldn't necessarily look at, or you probably wouldn't. Right. He's like all over. So is he like the Paul McCartney of like, Oh, like don't, say this, don't say this. Don't say this. Don't don't say that. It hurts me. Kind, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, that, yeah. For those for people there, is that like who's the yeah. biggest music star in the world? I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, that's why I said Paul McCartney. I know. Like, I know. I know. I, um, something like that, he sold, I think, 70 million albums. So he, he's huge. Like he's definitely 68 million dollar ad for someone. That's crazy. English language. Um, yeah. that is insane. It's crazy. Um, in so and he's still. I think he. I, mean, I don't know about recently, but but his he still did pretty well on the English charts too. He's got five number fives and he's got two number ones. Um, yeah. On the, on the yeah. on, you know this is pretty good and mostly revolving around this album. Like you have, you've got um, Escape, uh, which is this song. You've, this is everywhere. This song is everywhere. Yeah, I mean. Right? Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, that and Hero were like everywhere. Hero, so this is like Hero I heard a lot more. I didn't hear Escape as much. I heard well, you, But I was also in, in a, I was in college, so I was very isolated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't listening to a lot of radio. Well, the reason why you heard Hero so much is because they really adopted this song after 9, well, I say they, but like radio DJs adopted this after 9-11 and they would, they would be doing like mashups of cuts of first responders, you know, with this song and the, under the, as background music for it. This became um, Commercials like, everywhere. This became like the, I say, say it, but yeah. the theme for 9-11. And I, right. I, my question to you would have been like, would, would this have hit number one if 9-11 never happened? Well, this didn't actually hit number one. This hit number three. And the reason why is because we covered number two on the, that was Umbop. And then number one, we'd already done. That was, I can't remember. So on a different show, we already did it. So, okay. so this is number three. So I think it hit number three was at the top. But would we be discussing this song at all if it wasn't I don't for 9-11? Think so. I don't think so. I don't think so because uh, it sold 8 million copies. Like a shit ton of copies. Oh, do you think we would have talked about no, it? No, no, I don't. Oh, I don't know. think so. I think it's it's because of that that it sold so many. So he was there was like a a there was a they even dubbed it like the hero a concert for the heroes like right after nine eleven right. too. Um, I think maybe early October or something. I think it was like ten days later. Or it was maybe like it was December, closer. It was like ten days later. I remember they had a was big it? thing. And he did the song there. It was the first time people exactly. heard it. Right? right. Yes. And they even named it like concert for the heroes. Yeah. So it it had like a lot of that publicity. With, it was a um, fundraiser. They did like a, almost like yep. a telethon type yep. thing, and people could donate money to help try to find people. And uh, yeah, so that. I don't think it would have had the same if this were released any other year or something. I don't think it would have had the same. So the argument move. to that is this. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes into the fact that you know the record company had so much money invested in him. Was that this? Did you watch the video? Oh God, yeah. 
So the video is, is, a, is with Jennifer Love Hewitt oh, and Mickey Rourke. I will tweet it out. It is, oh, it is so, so bizarre. Um, and um, it's about, I guess they're robbers. I think so. It's supposed to be kind of like the Mexican. Um, it had that thematic. So he was in both. Uh, what are the band, uh, Antonio Banderas movies? The Mexican, and, not the Mexican, not the, like Return to Mexico or, or, or there were know. two right. that he did like. Um, where he's a bandito and like okay. fucking he, he, and and he so, was in those yeah he had like little short cameos okay. so I think they filmed it uh, this kind of a similar way sorry go ahead okay yeah so they're him and Jennifer Love Hewitt are apparently like robbers like a, yeah. like a Bonnie and Clyde type situation uh, they have they have money though they, they rob money and the money is they're in a convertible it's flying out of the car yes like, like what yes. They, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't care they're like rubbing it all over their bodies it's too so as they're making bizarre. out it's like what are you, what are you doing like you, you just stole you went to the effort to steal the money and then they end up like going to some like abandoned place then they they fuck like a I guess. church i guess they fuck in this church i guess, I, guess. Or something. I don't know and then mickey rourke's character catches up with them and then he ends up killing enrique iglesias beating up so bad that he eventually dies in traffic well police the police car is, is that there. what it is because it looked like yeah, they were in the, the middle of a road cars. in like traffic no no they're the police apparently like, had come to the scene okay and he okay. dies i thought it was like but i don't know if mickey Rourke just took, took the money and i ran guess away, i guess so mickey Rourke wins i don't really understand what happened it's very odd very odd um it's very odd very it's, and then he dies at the end he dies at the end and she cries yeah I wouldn't. I cried. will say it is peak Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, she looks great. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> a lot does. going on. And also, Enrique Iglesias. Another thing about him, he's he's kind of uh, with Anna Kornikova. Yeah, he has. You're right. For a long time, I yeah. think they got married in like uh, early 2000s I don't think or something. They ever got married. I think they oh. think they just like are like an item. Oh, maybe they, they have, have kids, kids together. and everything. Though. Yeah. they have like a life. I think like a life together. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty good for him. I, I know guess, they right? broke up for a little while in like 2013, yeah, but they're back, they together. back together. So yeah. I mean, they've it's been together for 15 years. That's a good. That's that's. Yes. He does yeah, okay. he gets a pat on the back for that. Yes. <laughs> I think yes. So. Yes. Whatever. I, I mean, that. he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. So you know, you're famous. You have a lot of money. You're a, a rock star. Is that how it works? Yeah, I think you get you get attractive women. There you go. Good for him. Good for him. Well, I'm trying to be positive because I have nothing else to say nice about this. This song sucks. <sighs> well, okay. So here's the deal. So on one on one end of the spectrum, I actually have a lot of empathy for him. Doesn't sound like his dad was a good guy. Um, oh, no. He comes from a broken home. Yeah. So they, he was born, I think, in Spain. His his dad's Spanish. Um, but he, like, they were broken home. His dad was with, you know, Starlet after Starlet, it seems. And he was being raised by his mom. His dad was a famous musician, Julio. Julio Glasses, of course. Uh, and uh, his, but his mom, his mom's dad, his grandfather got abducted by, like, a militia. Oh, my God. When he was there as a young kid. Young kid. And so his dad, like, took him and, like, we're, we're getting the fuck out of here. So he, he left. He wasn't living with his mom anymore. But then he was basically raised by a nanny mm. as his dad is out being a rock star, like philandering all, you know, all through, I don't know, Latin America and fucking Europe. So and he even dedicated his first album to his uh, to his nanny. He borrowed money from his nanny to record his first demo. Oh, he did it under a pseudonym. Didn't want to be associated yes. with his dad. Like I so I have a lot of like respect for that and respect for and empathy for his childhood. It seems like it, I mean, he had a lot of money and privilege, I'm sure, but also, you know, mm. an unstable home life and, you know, militias and fucking dads, uh, whatever. I have, I have empathy for that. You think all that tragedy would help you write better music? You'd think so. Um, but I also think that he's a fucking phony. Like he's a oh, fucking no. fake phony. Why? Why? Have you heard... Um, so, 
this is him. Yeah. <laughs> He's very good. We gotta you got we gotta stay with it for a second. <laughs> okay, all right. That's um, I'm glad we stuck with that. <laughs> a lot of musicians uh, will sing to like if, especially if they're they're if it's performance heavy, like you're doing a lot of dance moves or whatever. Um, they'll sing to background tracks, yeah, even like a double of themselves. And so okay. it kind of they'll you know, kind of the day at that time there was still lip syncing a lot, and he's a big lip singer, um, so just mouthing the words on stage. Not actually singing, but but now they won't do that as much because too many people have gotten caught. And yeah. you know when you yeah, get she's caught, famous in SNL, right? It happened to her, and yeah, yes. Uh, I mean, even Millie Vanilli, uh, the earlier days that happened sure. too, where where like the record skipped, music, but yes, exactly. But the record skipped, and then they're not doing anything anymore. So, so what people are doing now more uh, more often is they're singing to kind of a double of them, so that way they can kind of lock onto the pitch, and even if they're a little bit off, the doubles on. It's just kind of the way it's done. Okay. This guy, he he's like lip syncing. He that's what he's doing. So in this recording that I just played you, they um someone who doesn't like him yeah, so decided someone, to someone take his him, raw yeah. feed and like strip out all the other tracks and background tracks and whatever and just isolate that and you hear him in concert singing that way. He is not a talented musician at all. He's not a talented singer at all. And that's you know, let's let's just let's just expose it. I think even in that, I was watching it today. I, I could be wrong, but I was watching the con- the hero concert that we, we talked about before. I think he's lip syncing there. I don't think he's actually singing. And, and most of the performances that I've seen, I don't think he's actually singing. I think he's lip syncing. Okay, so you said yeah. that he created a demo by himself with you know, and like so. I mean, it's, was he ever at one time a good singer? No, like, I don't think so. Here? I think he's. I think he has a. St- well, even if even if you say okay, I listened to earlier albums. And his his pitch isn't good. Like his intonation's mm. bad. Um, now you can. I think he can do that sort of uh, like kind of breathy sound. Okay, enough live. Like I'm I'm sure, but he he's not a he's not a strong singer. Um, he's not good. Like he might he might be able to match pitch a bit, like more than what we just played. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> which is damning and terrible. But he's not good. Like he's not a. He's 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 a he's probably like a C minus singer maybe. Are maybe you a better singer than him? Oh, light years better. Am I a better singer than him? Mm, probably about the same. Oh, all right. no, I am light years, but I'm a I'm a talented but I'm, singer. I'm not a better singer than him. Close. We I'd have to do. A, can can you sing a little bit more for me? What do you want to sing? Uh, can you sing? Like hero? crooning. Do you like want to the... do a little hero for me? I don't know. I don't know I the words. I can be your hero, baby. I can be your hero, baby. Yeah. So okay, you can match pitch, no yeah, problem. That's good, right? great. The only th- I would say you haven't. You probably just haven't like created a style that's your own. So you know your own timbre. Yeah. Right. He's created his own timbre. That's what he does better than you. He's created his own like. Well, breath- let's calm down. Well, slightly better. <laughs> He's created his own like breathy timbre, like okay. that, that, that sensitive saying, "I can be your hero," like that you know, sort of brittle, sensitive. I can be your hero, baby. It's, it's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> You're so good. I'm good. You are great. <laughs> Is that what you want? You want a little yeah. pat on the back? I You're such a good musician. Thank you. Uh, no, but he like he's developed that style, but he can't do anything else but but that style. And he doesn't have a big range. Yeah. Um. He doesn't match pitch very well. So no, like objectively, he's not a good singer. And so I think he's more of a. He's just a face. He yeah. can. He's he writes a lot of his material too with other people. So he has this good sense of what people will buy. Um. And he looks good. 
you know, but he is, he's not, his music's not good in any way. It's not, not, not for us. His, it's more adult contemporary, like easy listening dance bullshit for women. But I think if you're going to be that, <laughs> if you're going to be that adult <laughs> contemporary. Kind of, that was kind of mean for women. I, yeah, I heard you. <laughs> I didn't mean it like Matt's, that. But. Matt's being risky tonight. Okay, folks. <laughs> uh, I, I think when you're going to be that though, if that's your thing, it's like, all right, I'm this adult contemporary. Then you got to be like a Mariah or Whitney Houston. You have to have, have a, a voice. great voice. Yes. I mean, that's all. Something to back up. You know, the songs you're singing are pretty, you know, the lyrics are nothing compelling. Nothing. You know, there's nothing there. The sound so is nothing. So you at least have to have a great voice. At least give us that. I, that's what I want. At yeah. least, give, yeah. But he's he's sort of, no, he's worse than Mariah in this way because right. the songs are probably about as mediocre and he's not a good singer. The other thing is there's this weird, I'm going to tweet this out too. There's this weird footage of him singing um, Hero where apparently at this concert, some chick gets on stage. I don't know if this is planned or not, but looks like she gets through security, gets on stage. Okay. And he's right. And he's singing and he tells security to back off. Ooh. And then he ends up singing to her this entire time. This seems so phony. Okay. It does seem phony, but he gropes her. Like he touches her. He gets really close to her. He touches her like upper chest, like above the breast, but then runs his hands down her breast. And then like it later on is like holding her from behind and then like kisses her and stuff. It's really like fucked up. I fucking hate it's disgusting. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to tweet that out too. Right. So you can make your decision on whether this guy's a fucking creep. I'm sure I will say you think it, it's probably that, staged. Not probably. <laughs> yeah. I think it's most likely. Yeah, staged. I think that was all. Thing, Although, so. um, then I would, I would think that you would see it over and over and over. If that were a staged thing, he would do it at every one of his concerts. I, but I only saw one video. Like How many this. concerts did, of him as you watch? This explains why I think Gene Hackman's dead. You, 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 you <laughs> well, I try to do a good job. 12 million. Uh, <laughs> I watched a few uh, of his performances yeah. and I, I didn't see I, this I, again. I, I, I might have though. I would say it's probably a regular I would say I it's probably a regular thing. Probably. I would say probably been the same girl. And I would say, uh, I would say that this, but, that's. So Googling this though, I think it would have come up like, oh, he stages this thing every single yeah. time. Like you, you think someone would have explained yeah, I that. I think it happens a lot, a lot of concerts. So yeah, yeah, yeah it might. But I, 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 I never. You're anytime probably you, right. Anytime you're watching your performance, assume you everything's improv, a performance. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You're probably right. It still was creepy to watch. I'll tweet it out. I can be your hero, baby. You went up the octave, but that's great. You, you have your own style. You're, you're creating <laughs> your own timbre. I love it. Um, I This will hit my bottom five. Oh, no. It's a shit song. This is a bad song. You gotta create your new bottom five. Everything hit your bottom five. That's not true. Oh, I do need... <laughs> wait, wait. What was the one that just I hit? Know, oh, I it was like Umbop. It over and over no, again. no, I haven't had time, but Umbop's gonna hit it, I think, and Hero should no, hit it. No, this isn't gonna hit my bottom five. This is a terrible song. This is not, a... This is, this is a, not bottom five worthy. Really? This is worse. This is worse than Wind Wind. It's not. This, it is. That's, that's actually like a well-written song. This is a four-chord bullshit song where he sings poorly. She at least has a good voice. Ugh. She has ben a good voice, voice, though. Ben voice sucks. No, she has, she's, no, she's a skilled musician. She I don't like her voice. Well, you might not like the way that it sounds. You like Therefore, his. Therefore, it's not good. You like you might like not like her timbre, but you think his is better? His is bullshit. Uh, his is less. His is so creepy his is and less. weird and brittle and bleh. There's not much there for sure, but I, I, I hate it less. This, I like that. I'd rather listen to the song four times and wind beneath my wings once. No, I definitely rather, rather listen to wind beneath my wings. Yeah, that's a better song. It's not good, but it's better than this. This is a piece of shit. This song sucks. This song sucks. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Personal stories. Uh, yeah. What, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah. So I, uh, I was in college. Um, so I was living on campus. So there's, I had three semesters of my college experience, which was a total of six semesters because I only have an associate's degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree. What? Yeah. You know that? Nope. My, Another my thing you're embarrassed of, about? My <laughs> lack of education. No, not really. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Uh, I don't really care. 
Uh, I'm lucky enough where I'm old enough where when I got out, the associate's degree actually had some value. And then I was able to build up experience. And now once you reach a certain age, people don't really look at college as much because it's no, about your resume. No, you know, I, yeah. I've had, I mean, I'm, I've done sales and I've, you know, worked for some good companies and I've sure sold millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of things. So I, I can, I think most companies seem to care more about that than they do about where I went to school. Which Absolutely. Yeah. But had I graduated like 10 years later, I would have been fucked. I would have probably had, I would have had to go back. Um, so I only have a social degree. So but I did go to school for three years because I was trying to, I was, my plan was to get a bachelor's degree. And then I ended up, um, be, getting some job opportunities like the monkey boy stuff yep. popped up and then a couple other things did. And I ended up just kind of, and I ended up moving to Florida. I just kind of drifted away from school. Um, but I, I, I would never go back now. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Now, so part of me actually wants a master's like part just for, I don't know, just for my own ego, I guess that's that, but that's, that's the only reason. So maybe I wouldn't do it. I don't know. I just, I, to me, it's like, uh, I just part, part of my life, like a book is closed. I yeah. have no interest to go back. Like if you had asked me my twenties, like, Oh yeah, I go back and do it. I even thought about it, you know, into my, even like, like, oh, maybe I'll go get that bachelor's degree. I, you know, I'll finish up somewhere, see what credits transfer and try to do that. Right. I just don't have any interest in doing it. Maybe things will change in 10 years, whatever. But I, but the older you get though, the less I look at college as an investment. Like you're trying, you know, like yeah. at some point the investment's not going to pay off if you're old. I, I don't know, but unless you're just doing it for fun then guess go for it. Sure. Anyway, so I was, I went to school for six semesters and three of those semesters I lived on campus and this was the middle one. Um, I, I guess I was going to talk about drinking. Like I was a, not out of control. I was definitely alcoholic. I've actually always wanted to talk to you about this. Yeah. Like I was out of, I was, I don't want to say out of control because I went to my classes. I was on Dean list. I had internships. I was a monster. I was, I was out of, I was Oh, if you're firing on all cylinders, basically yeah, you're just going, 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 it was madness, dude. Yeah. So I would get up at eight. This is my day. So I wake up at eight. So I wake up oftentimes in different rooms, different people. It was just crazy. Yeah. And I'd wake up, I would the shower, go to, go to my classes, kick ass there. Come, you know, like, let's say you had class from like eight to noon, whatever, or eight to 10, or whatever. I go do homework. I treated college like a nine to five job. Yep. So my thing was that from, eight or whatever, eight to four, eight to five, I was going to do were school just schoolwork. Yep. So any break I had, I didn't play video games. I did, I studied, I, or I studied or did homework, stuff like that. And then once school was over, then it was crazy. Yeah. And I would just, I would go get dinner with everybody, come back to the dorm and immediately start drinking. And oftentimes like this, so this second semester, so the first semester I was there, uh, I was living on campus was, and we'll talk more about it if we hit, if, when we hit that area. Sure. But uh, how it worked was uh, I was in a private, I had a private, I had my own room. I had a single. Nice. Um, right. I pulled some strings because I was working for the school at that time. And, um, but I also didn't know anybody. I didn't want to just move in with somebody. Yeah. So, and I, was, I knew I was moving in in this, I was moving in in the second half of the year. So people already had friendships built and stuff like that. So I was definitely kind of like the new kid coming in. So that was like a, bit, a little bit of an adjustment phase, but I enjoyed it. And then, uh, uh, where I am now was I made a friend with one that semester I had to single. I made a friend with someone and they, they told us no more singles offered next year because of the demand oh, wow. coming in. So I knew we'd have to have a double. So me and this other guy kind of buddied up and we're like, all right, we'll get a room. We actually went, we measured every single room in the dorm <laughs> and, we, and we picked the one that was the biggest. Cause we had, that must've been like by inches difference, by right? Inches, by yeah. Inches. But you still, but, we, but like what? Yeah. You're in college. What else you going to do? And then, um, and we had the highest grades in the dorm, I believe. So we had like first choice. Oh, like cool. we, we could kind of pull some strings with the, with the RD and be like, Hey, we want to have this room. And they gave it to us. We we're on a corner. 
And the reason I wanted to be in the corner so I could bring Windows? in beer. Oh, I and see. And I could I see, bring I see, in stuff. Yeah. And I just like run over. No, I wouldn't walk by every room. Yeah. So we're on a corner um, right next to a staircase. We had no one on one wall of us and we only had someone on the other wall. Of us. Yeah. So we were in like kind of a perfect room, uh, as perfect as a dorm room can be. And I kind of made a lot of friends. So the second I walked into that second, that second semester I was there, which was the first semester of this new year, I had a built-in network of friends. And then you had all these freshmen coming in too, whatever. And then, you know, you kind of just all kind of, Sure. And I'm older too. So I'm 21 at this time. So I could buy alcohol. So you were the popular one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, there was definitely some, I say power, but there was definitely some sort of, you know, sure thing you could provide that other people couldn't. Yep. So, you know, every Friday, Saturday night, it was like parties at at our, in my room or my buddy's room, which was down the hall. So like, it was just, it was just, you know, all the time. And, um, or we go to a house in Bow. They, they would have parties there and we would, you know, like, like any, every college parties, but I would just drink every night though. So I was drinking how much? Okay. So here's the thing. I don't drink. I wasn't, I don't drink beer. If I even have a sip of beer, I gag. I cannot drink huh, beer. Okay. I've tried. I've had friends help me. Um, I, cause I, I want to drink beer cause it was cheaper. Yep. So I, this, and I hadn't, so now I only drink hard cider. I really don't drink hard alcohol anymore. I stopped it when I was about 36. I stopped drinking hard alcohol. Yeah. Um, uh, hangovers were just too much. Yeah. So I would, I, now I just pretty much drink hard ciders primarily, but from the age of 21 stayed, uh, cause I didn't drink a ton until I turned 21. When I turned 21, then I was, I, I never wanted to drink too much before 21. I don't want to get in trouble. Of course. But when I turned 21, I was like, all right, I'm allowed to do this. I'm going to go. And I went crazy. And from 21 to like 36, I pretty much only drank screwdrivers, <laughs> which is vodka and yeah, orange not, juice. Yeah. It's easy to mix, easy to bring. And they taste good. And they taste good. Because you, you have the sugar from the, from the, um, right. From, right. So it so, kind of cuts I mean, the. I would just drink these. And I, so I would put two or three shots in every drink. And so I was drinking on a weeknight anywhere between 10 to 20 shots a night. And Whoa. Yeah. On and a weeknight? On a weeknight. On the weekend, 15 to 30. That is. Every night. Way more than I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Maybe there were some nights in the weeknights where if it was like I was feeling a little run down, whatever, I would only have maybe like, say, five shots say that so, would, so i guess five is probably the, the the absolute the absolute bare minimum was five that would have killed me yeah it was i would have died so i would so i so at six o'clock we have dinner six thirty go back room start drinking boom boom and i'm and it's just crazy and i like the first like the first month was the funnest in the norm like say that september i obviously 9 11 was happening during this time so that sure. was very sad but when you're in college you're very insulated from all yeah, of that you, you know so that was sad, but like what happens is everyone is new. Everyone's excited. Everyone's having fun. And a lot of the kids that are going to basically flunk out don't realize it yet, but they're all partying all the time. Sure. So I had plenty of people to party with. So I was just having a great time. I was partying with everybody. And then kids slowly start getting knocked out. Like they start getting bounced out at the dorms. Yep. Uh, and then by this time, I'm having a harder time finding people to like drink with. And it was a girl who lived upstairs and we were not romantic at all. It was just a friend. Yep. And so me and her, she was same as me. Uh, like drinking like a insane amount and she was she had a buddy yeah so we by not by this time necessarily but maybe by december for sure it was me and her like most nights would just me and her drinking because no one else because everyone else like was like chris like i, I can't this is, this is, yeah this is a, i don't want to do this I'm I'm not really, yeah like uh, right yeah and they just during the weekends yeah they would drink with you but i remember like one of my buddies had a uh, like a beirut table his whole room was just a beirut table like they slept like, like <laughs> it was like two beds and a table like there's no Jesus. you couldn't even like you couldn't even like move it was so cramped in there and uh but the guy the, his roommate eventually got thrown out for bad grades and things like that so it was just him alone and then he got kind of scared because he was getting you know bad grades and he kind of buckled down so 
But so around November, this is when I started having a hard time finding people to drink with. But I just didn't stop me. I kept drinking. And I would drink alone a lot. I would just be like, and then, you know, I went to, I went to New Hampshire Tech, kind of a lousy school. And because I mentioned before, my grades were so bad from high school. So I didn't have a lot yeah. of options. The other thing too was I probably would have taken New Hampshire Tech anyway, because at that point it was the only school in New Hampshire that offered sports management. Sure. Which is what I got my degree in. So it wasn't like I chose them just because of the bad grades, which certainly helped. Um, but it wasn't, but of course, a couple, you didn't have a lot of options, right? At and least a, in the area, a couple of years later, eventually everyone offers sports management, sure. but at this point it was a, a very new major. So, um, but because of that though, you have a lot of kids that are, I don't know, are just not great students either. So kids were getting kind of flunking out left and right. And, you know, community college, I think has a lot of, it's very, it's not as like, it's a lot of transition sure. for a lot of kids. So, um, but yeah, I was, it was wild. I, 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 I would wake up. I remember one time, um, I woke up uh, I, and I went to my dorm. I went to my room. I woke up like in a hallway. I'm like, what the fuck? And I went down to my dorm room and there was a, a, a picture uh, of, of me. I put, someone took a Polaroid of me and I had a sign. I made it myself. It was in my own handwriting. And it was a Polaroid picture of myself on my door, which I didn't even know. I, but I, it was my handwriting. And I wrote free to a good home. <laughs> <laughs> and I put myself in the upstairs TV lounge in the girls like room. And I was just like passed out there. Like I was just like, it was just madness. Like I was just like passing out. I was just, I almost set the school on fire. What? I, uh, I put a toaster, a uh, pizza in a toaster oven and I, I, I passed out. Yeah. And then the fire alarm went off and we all had to evacuate at, like three in the morning. And like everyone knew it was me. No one routed me out. Thank God. And but like everyone, I had some people were just like, Chris, you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, I got, I got class in the morning. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just fucking fell asleep. I don't know, man. And I, you were the, you were the only one basically. Like you were the guy, like you were people. It's not like you, there was a crew of you, there at, was at, by, but at this point, there was always a crew of us, but then sometimes I would just, I would just go off. Like I would just go off my own. I would just be like, I, I yeah. So then, or, and then eventually you trying to find anyone to drink with, which is like, I feel like alcoholic yep. tendencies. Um, like I remember I would be like, but especially like this near the end of this semester. And then the next semester, I would just go in anyone who, like, even if I didn't like the person, I would just go hang out with them and drink with them. Yeah. The girl who lived upstairs, I liked her. She was funny and smart or whatever. And, and she was a right. good, a cool person to hang out with. Yeah. There were other people that were cool people to hang out with. But I remember, I remember I, like you were kind of just scrounging yeah. anyone to drink with. Cause like another night of drinking by yourself in their room is like, that's kind of sucks. Right. So, um, like, but yeah, my, my college roommate who was like, I thought he'd be like, you know, he would, he's like, I don't really want to drink every night. I had a buddy, uh, a friend of a buddy actually. And he, he was going to school in Boston and we would go down some weekends and I would see him drink a full case of, you know, cans of, of beer. And I'd be, and he's a, he's kind of, he's a thin guy like you yeah. too. And I'd be like, how is this guy not dead? Like that, like I can't, the most I've ever drank is probably seven or eight beers in a night uh when i was about this like that 8 21 yeah. 22 years old and i was i think relatively fine um the next day i've also done like a bunch of tequila shots before but never i've never been like more than seven i, I can't even like double or triple that i would i would have died i just don't like your constitution is so resilient i don't know how you like yeah it was I like mean, did you have to work your way up to it yeah you okay do. i mean you know eventually too you you know you start drinking enough and you don't you know two or four shots isn't going to do it. You I barely guess, feel yeah. it. You got to fucking keep going. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was also wasn't good stuff. So like I was, remember I'm a college and I'm broke. So I remember things were going well. I used to tell this joke, uh, thing, you can tell I'm doing well financially is if I have a Smirnoff, um, bottle, oh. uh, in, in my, in my room. But typically I had like granite vodka, which tastes like antifreeze. It was yes. it's so awful. It's, it was the cheapest thing to have. It was literally like, you know, you have top shelf, 
if you go to the liquor store in Concord, <laughs> yes. it was the bottom shelf. Yeah. And um, I would I would buy that, and you would buy a big jug for like you know three ninety nine, and yeah. that would that would Fuck. that would probably last me. The, the big giant jugs would last me at least a, a few days. You know, three days whatever the travelers i used to drink those like one night like you know like the little plastic yeah. things you know the flask that that would be that would be a night easy like uh, like you know like you could a traveler i would never have a traveler for a weekend like if i if i because if i knew it was a friday or saturday night or a thursday night i would never have a traveler because I, I would that would be gone i have to have something more than that. so okay so um we would ride the bull so i'd get bull ice for a buck 49 down at campus convenience what is it H. bull ice okay it was a, it was a 40 so it's okay. 40 ounces, right, yeah. you know yeah. whatever that, malt that, liquor yeah yeah but that was the cheapest way for us to get to get it on but like fucking so did you how long did this did you not did you you didn't have did you have shakes did you have like no. You had no, no, so much orange juice in my fridge. You wouldn't believe it. Like I had a dorm fridge. It was just, it was, but the next day you would get up and you weren't feeling like you needed, like felt fine. I I was an animal dude. So I would get up. I I could, I mean, this is why I stopped drinking. Like, you know, I would get up and I would, and then all the time, meantime, I'm working internships. Um, we'll talk about those on the show, but I was working for the pride. I also was a sports information director for my college. I'm, you know, I'm going to games. I would never do that work drunk. So if I had to work a game that night, a basketball game, I would work the game, yeah. get the fresh juice out, and then I would then go back to my room and start drinking nan. So I would never do But that would even take time. So you would, you know, say you're back at like nine, ten o'clock at night, yeah. you would start drinking, you'd have like, you know, ten shots or something. Probably. And then, and then how long would that take in, in yeah. like in like a couple hours? Like how long how long would that go on for? Depends how if, like if I'm see the other thing too is I can drink faster from being social like everybody. Like oh, yeah. if I'm if I'm just like sitting at home watching a thing, I'll have like the same can of cider. I'll nurse it for like an hour and a half. Sure. Whatever. You just kind of like, cause, but if I'm like, like engaging people yeah. socially, like anyone, but I think I, I'm probably more of, uh, this is more relevant maybe to me, sure. especially I'll just knock boom, 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 boom. Like a gone, gone. And, um, I started, so I first started drinking with, uh, uh, Mike's hard lemonade was the very yep. first drink I ever had. Cause yeah. I didn't like beer. Yeah. And, I would drink so much. It's, it did damage to my, like my esophagus. I still, to this day, I still have like, I'm more likely to get like heartburn, like acid reflux because it did it's it's damage. Yeah. I would drink cases a night. And then Jesus. I went from that to, um, the screwdrivers and my buddy, uh, uh, I I don't want to say his name. It's okay. the last name of his last name. And then we'll call it code, um, special. So the code special was orange juice, Captain Morgan's pineapple rum. Okay. Which didn't have an incredibly high alcohol content. So you had to do like four shots, five shots in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then a splash of pineapple juice. Okay. And it was called the code special. And I would drink. And then those started giving me heartburn. So then I had to, by the end of my college, I had to go specifically just the screwdrivers, which I stuck with, which never really ended up giving me a heartburn. Sure. But um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have hangovers. I'd wake up and just bounce and go. And then I moved to Florida in 04 and 05. And I still was able, I mean, I would go out and I would just get, I was still drinking at that point, like heavy duty. Yeah. And I would just get trash. I'd still wake up, I'd wake up for work the next morning and go to work. It wasn't until around 2006, 2007, 26, 27 years old. And I'm back in New Hampshire. And I started drinking a little bit less. And cause I had like a nine to five job that was a bit more serious than what sure. I was doing in Florida. And then I started getting hangovers and okay. So finally it kind of yeah. caught up with you. Yeah. When I was living in New York city, I was, that was a whole nother thing. My drinking kind of came back a little bit because you're not driving anywhere. There's sure. a college. I didn't have anywhere to drive. I'm partying my friends and I just crashed in my dorm room. So 
um, I, you know, moving to New York, I started drinking again because I was like, oh, I don't, I, I don't have a car. Yep. I can just jump in the subway and go. And then I would end up having like two or three day hangovers, like three day hangovers. So would you not drink for those next couple of days? Oh, I, drink, I stopped drinking for like a week. Like I take like weeks off. Yeah, yeah. I, it was like, yeah, I'd be like, I'm not drinking for like the rest of this week. Yep. And I could stick to it and do it. And, um, uh, yeah, I never, I never went to the shakes. I, I, alcoholism is different for everybody to some extent. Well, it sounds like you were able to process it better than most people. That's a problem. Like your, your filtration system, your liver, whatever was able to, when you're young, it's easier, but it was not easy for me. Like me having digesting alcohol is hard. So I would, I'm way more prone to even like one drink. I'm more, I'm prone to hangover. But it sounds like you, I mean. Well, when I was young, yeah, I guess, well, I think, I think I I find it's true with a lot of, I talk people about like when they're younger in college, hangovers are just not as common as you are. When you get older, one of the first signs of aging is yeah. the hangovers increase. And and now, like, if I ever tried to drink what I did in college, even for one night, I'd, I'd be ruined for a week. Because you'll tell me now, like, to be honest, you'll tell me now, oh, I'm going to have, like, a few drinks or something. And in my head, when you say that, because I know what it does to my body, I'm like, oh, that's, like, that's kind of a heavy night of drinking, even if you had, like, three or four. But to you, it doesn't no, feel like no, that. I know it's, yeah. it's this, it's, it's definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, but now I've got the context. Like, I had, like we were in Saco. Yeah. I mean, I probably had eight or 10 each night. Yeah. See it. And I wasn't that drunk. I mean, I, I was definitely feeling pretty while I had to drive home. You know, while, you know, I didn't sure. drive home. I would never, that's crazy. Yeah. Because I am so skinny. So, you know, if I, I'm sure my blood alcohol level would be crazy. But I, uh, I, I, you know, it was also over, over the course of a long time. You know, we were at Saco for a while. Yep. Um, what, were we there for like five, six hours, right? So, oh, yeah. something like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I also, I, I don't drink to get, I also don't throw up. This thing too. I've only thrown up from drinking maybe like five, ten times my whole life. It's nuts. I don't. I I very rarely. But uh, a couple of years ago, though, I did have a heavy night of drinking, uh, and I I threw up. I'm like, yeah, oh. I, you, I'm starting to be. It's, it's, it does physically. It does impact me a lot but more to, now. But to give you a comparison, two drinks for me in a night, even if it's over the course of four or five hours, that will make me intoxicated, and I could potentially have a hangover the next day. Like that's that's it for me. Two drinks? Oh no! But I, and get, I get yeah, and it, yeah. it affects me quickly. Like I, my metabolism such that it it like hits me right. hard, like pretty fast. Where you, it doesn't doesn't no. even touch as much. No, that's yeah. Yeah, I can. I mean, look. I mean, a big guy. You, but you can say it like that. But no, you're a little guy, I know. and still you like it but doesn't a big even guy touch you. Can easily out drink me on the table. Like, really? I've, I've been drank under the table before. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. like eventually I'm like oh, I'm good. I can't. You know, I you know I. But I I can I can hold my own with people that are maybe 60 pounds heavier than me. Totally. I, I'll, I'll, I'll play along, but you know, which, you know, a really big guy that can, that can, this thing too, some people can drink. Some people are, you know, I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of practice. Like yeah. I, I'll go. So every night I usually have one before bed, maybe two, um, uh, two ciders before bed. And that's enough for me. Um, it just helps me get to sleep. Just something I've just done my whole life, you know, so that's, you know, but if I have, if I crack a third one, usually that's, that's rarer. And if I crack a fifth one, that's, that's very, that's, that, if I crack a fifth one, that means I'm, I'm drinking to social, like uh, there's a, yeah, there's a sure. point to it, there's if you point. will. Like at a wedding, I might have, you know, a, a bunch or whatever, but I, uh, did you ever feel addicted to it? Oof. So yes and no, for sure. Um, no physically. I never felt right. a physical addiction. Yeah. Cause you didn't have any shakes. You didn't feel like the cravings. But I mean, I have to really believe like because I was starting to get more and more depressed in college. Sure. And I was starting to feel because I'm I'm 22. I'm with all these kids that are 18. These kids also I'm out of school is not very good. So these aren't like the best students. So it wasn't a lot of people I could have. Like I know a lot of colleges you go and you're talking with other kids that are really bright and you're kind of yeah. getting off. It wasn't a lot of that here at the tech. So I it was very much just like kind of like the home for broken 
Toys, you know, Misfit Toys a little bit. I own Misfit Toys, you know, at this college. So sure. I was just like, eh. and then I would just get kind of bored. The studies were kind of boring. Um, I was kind of bored with the social interactions. I, it's a smaller school. So you kind of, you know, you can run through the dating pool pretty quick. And, um, right. I was just like the drinking became like a friend. Yeah. And also was a way for me to, I don't know. I was just, yeah. So I think I got addicted to that friendship that the drinking gave me. If that makes any sense. But I don't, I never once got like the shakes or any, I never had DTs or anything like that. But I mean, there was addiction, addictive personalities in my, in my family history. So like it, you know, maybe it could have gotten, but I, I, but I also, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I, it's, 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 you know, my life was never unmanageable. Um, I definitely did things drinking that I wasn't proud of. I, I would, I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, it definitely were things that I did that like even, so like, uh, I was in Florida and we were playing, I, I, I have a really hard time day drinking. So I get, I can get drunk fast day drinking and we were playing, uh, Beirut outside. We had rum punch and, um, my buddy's girlfriend invited over one of her friends from work. She's a teacher. And it's like woman who's probably 40 and her husband come by and they come to this party and I'm fucking, we're all drunk. I'm fucking drunk. And I end up, I don't know. I think I ended up like missing the ball and I got mad and I punched the table and some of the rum punch got on the woman. Oh, and husband was pissed off obviously. And they just kind of like left. And I was like, re- I wrote them like a letter of, I came with a letter of apology. Bad, yeah. Like I felt really embarrassed. I was like totally out of control. I, we invite these people to our house. I spill a drink on them just cause I'm being an asshole. Yeah. Like that sucks. Yeah. And like, you know, you know, being that so i mean obviously that's minor committal i know some people have had you know real issues with drinking yep but like violence and all sorts of shit yeah i mean you know i've definitely i screamed at friends whatever whatever i guess i i i don't know i think i'm like i don't know but like i I, so yeah so things that i've done drinking that i'm like oh that kind of sucks or i i was an asshole there um but was i ever addicted to it like i never i i don't know i don't i don't know i I definitely showed some alcoholic tendencies but maybe this is denial maybe maybe i did i don't know but i don't it was definitely a, I couldn't do that now. I, that would be unimaginable for me to do now. Sure. I don't know. Does that does? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's probably a psychological component to the addiction. You probably didn't feel the phys- a lot of the physical stuff. It was the same thing with marijuana for me. I used it daily for maybe two years and I wouldn't say that I was physically addicted to it, but there was a, there was definitely an emotional, there was an attachment there. If I didn't have it, I would get like, like not happy about that. Like yeah. I fell down like a whole deck of stairs. Like I, I was like, we're at a house party in Bo and I'm just like running around being crazy. I'm just being funny and just being sure. being a maniac. And it was one of the rare times I puke. I mean, this guy is at a house party. I go, I, I just, I'm at his sink, thank God. And I just puke all over his sink. No, didn't get anywhere else. I had some friends cleaned up. Thank God. Sure. And then I'm like, I go, ah! And I just run outside and I just throw myself down an entire flight of stairs. What? And then, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty skinny guy. I had friends carry me back. You know, then, you know, I just sat out there for a while. And friends carried me back to my dorm room. I had I had friends carry me to bed a number of times. Okay, uh, like I'd wake up. Would you remember that though? No, yeah. no. I wake up. Uh, oh. I wake up. Um, it, on top of my covers in street clothes. I'm like, oh, friends I, brought I, me back. My buddy John Thanks, brought guys. me back. Some of the bigger guys would carry yeah. me back. And then you know, sometimes you wake Jesus. up and you're with, you know, a young lady. And you're like, oh, hi. Hope it was a fun night, you know, and you know. Praying, praying, you see that empty condom wrapper and you do, and you're like, thank God, uh, or whatever. And, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's just, it was just, it was just chaos. It that was shit just, wouldn't happen anymore. 
you would like that just that stuff like we there's no like you, that doesn't you, happen in college anymore i just no i think people have to be way more careful now than even 20 years ago you're probably right i just think you that's like i wouldn't i mean i would never put myself in that situation at this point because you just even if everything went well right. someone could just say it didn't and you just yeah you know. yeah i mean I guess or there's was, always like a, a, i think you know i always you know luckily i think I never had any problems with that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but I guess if you're drunk, you're drunk. But I, I was always, I was never, I'm never like a handsy yeah, guy. You don't see I'm not a handsy drunk. I'm no. definitely like, I'll be like a 40 drunk, I guess. Sure. And then in college, everyone's just kind of drunk, have a good time. And it's like, you Looking know, one thing leads to another yeah. kind of thing. But I know, I just think those days don't happen much anymore. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know what, oh, I can't imagine me a college person. <sighs> no way. No fucking way. But it was, it was a lot. It was definitely. Um, do you look back at it fondly though? Or do you look back on it as like. like the drinking of dorm life. I think, well, I think to they're me, really they're, intertwined. They really yeah. Like I, uh, did you, do you look at it and say, Oh, I had a lot of fun times then. I'm glad I had the experience. I, I remember also, and this is probably another reason I drank my high school crew was so tight Yeah, and we were so loyal and so good with each other for so long that in college that didn't really exist for me. And I remember feeling really like I'm not used to having best friends around. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is hard for me to kind of sure. to deal with. I remember I passed out. Uh, I went outside drunk out of my mind. I'm like, Oh, I heard, I heard there's a media shower tonight. So I just went outside in like October and watched these media showers, you know, and I wake, I wake up and then there's people like walking to class. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, and then I lost my keys and I never <laughs> found them again. And so the rest of the entire semester, the rest of the year, we had to leave our door unlocked because I didn't have my key anymore because <laughs> the media shower. I had like 20 guys looking for the keys. You know, the next day we were all looking for these keys. How did, never found them. Okay, so part of it would, yeah, your friends must have been kind of thinking you a little bit of a burden. <laughs> oh, oh, I, it, I, oh, if I wasn't funny, they would have been like, this guy, <laughs> you're, you're out of here. this guy, yeah. like, this guy sucks. <laughs> He's a pain in the ass. But I would just do crazy stuff. I would think I was just, I was, uh, oftentimes I was the crazy drunk guy a lot. I mean, not a lot, but other times also too, I hate to say it, but in, I'm sure bigger than a lot of people hung out with me. I was 21. I could get them yep. here. Well, you know? that, so yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were some people that hung out with me for the, probably solely for that reason. I'm sure. Um, you know, maybe some people thought I was funny. Maybe some people, I don't know. I, they, I did have a group. Of, I, so I make it sound like I didn't have friends, but it wasn't the same kind of friends. No, I had. it wasn't. No, yeah, you had you know. people you were tight with but for people five, did 10 years. Look or whatever, me. Yeah. I never once, you know, I, I was always safe. Thank, thankfully, because the friends I did have in college. So these, these were still good people, but these aren't, these wasn't the same friend network. I'm not sure college Matt would have put up with uh, college Chris, but. I'm sure college Chris would have made you would have college loved Matt. me. I would have shit I'm on such you a good so guy. Bad. You would have loved me. Nerdy bitch singing sing-alongs and oh, no. I would have went to your sing-alongs. I would have, Oh yeah. Ah! <laughs> I would have, so, that would have been great. <laughs> no, I would, I would, uh, we probably, I probably would have made fun of you a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is a long show, right? Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, is that good or bad? I think it's great. Let me be we don't need to hear this song yet. We got to do the headlines. I know, but I just, I don't like this song. I feel this way about you right now. I am a hero. All right, all right. Let's say the show. All right, all right. Yes, the joke is not working. Let's, let's do the headlines. That's, that's very proud. He's a huge Cheshire grin. It's not going to work. The longer you do it, it's not one of those things that you do it forever. No one likes it. All right, let's do the headlines. Getting annoyed. Nintendo GameCube was released um, on November 18th. 13 games. Seems light. I guess. I never had the GameCube. I never had the GameCube. Yeah. Uh, went from 64 to... That was after the GameCube. We? I don't remember. I think so. Yeah. Uh, number one, Josh Groban released his debut album and um, I don't know, The World Beyond, I guess. Uh, yeah. And nice. then Mary Kay Ash, founder oh. of Mary Kay, the yeah. multi-level marketing behemoth, 
um, died November 21st. Do you know how old she was? No, didn't say. Oh, she was, she was born in like 1911. She, so she was, she she was like old. 90 years old. Yeah. Something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Kay, it seems a kind of a sad thing, right? The whole like. Yeah, because you you kind of feel like a divorce. Like, well, it's it's a, a bunch of divorces. One of the first like MLMs, right? One of the first yeah, like mid, definitely. You know, that, uh, That's the one that I can think of, yeah. Then it went to vitamins, kind of. But uh, yeah, and just makeup products. It's everything now. Like, they all, like Tupperware party. Can you imagine doing Tupperware parties? Have, you have like, any I don't interest, want Tupperware. You have any interest in doing that? Multi-level marketing? Ugh. Um, not. Selling to your friends and stuff? No. It seems awful. How no. hosting these parties? No. Everyone feels obligated to go. It just seems awful. No, I don't. It doesn't. I don't like. As much as you don't like it when I talk about marketing techniques sometimes. I don't. Um, ever. I, yeah, I feel a lot Not better sometimes. about that than uh, than like the sale, like the yes, sales shit. Yeah. Like this but I think weird. the idea of it, though, like pitching to your friends and I comments, know. Now, uh, people who are advocates of, of that would say, well, this helps a lot of women become independent. Where, uh, especially when Mary Kay started, Great. women didn't have jobs, so this was able to get them some income. And I'm sure it did help a lot of women, especially back then. Um, yeah, but now you have the internet, so there's so many more ways to like make money if right. you're creative in any way. You know, if you, if I you just hate being peppered anyway. on social media about these like stupid, you know, these. These MLMs, it's just. Ugh. I don't ever see it on social media. Is, really it, is there a lot of it? Well, you're not on Twitter. Facebook, right? No, never on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, it's a Facebook thing. I, I fucking can't yeah, stand Facebook awful. anymore. Oh, yeah. It's really bad now. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Um, but I think that's it. Yeah, so we're back uh, on Wednesday. We're going to be going to 2013. We're covering Silver Linings Playbook. That's, that's the right. Wednesday show. Uh, we mentioned De Niro. He got, an, I think, uh, uh, his most recent, uh, maybe last Oscar nomination for that role. Sure. And um, we are going to, and also Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. We haven't really touched them yet. No. And um, then on Saturday, we are going to do Argo, which was the Best Picture winner uh, for 2012. Uh, ben Affleck, Affleck, yep. Uh, directed movie. Um, so we're pretty big weekend next week. Silver Linings Playbook and uh, Argo. All right. 